Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. In terms of the NFL, never a bad thing when an NFL Sunday is so good. And it was so good that you're not sure exactly where to start with the Monday whip around. It's also never a bad idea to start the whip with the hottest quarterback leading the hottest team in the league right now. We could debate who and what that is, but I'm going to roll with Cincinnati. You know I'm going to start right there. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are not just back. They're on fire. They look scary. And no, I'm not talking about whatever was going on with Burrow's fingernail. I'm talking about the entire team finally looking every bit like the team we expected them to look like this season. Of course, these dudes were going to get it back on track. Just as, of course, Joey B was not going to let some mangled fingernail get in the way of another home win in prime time. Not after he already dealt with that calf issue and essentially being immobile for the first half of the season. I love that question afterwards. Like, hey, Joe, what's been the biggest difference with you? Uh, I can run? Oh, would that help? Does that help you at the quarterback position? Anyway, to him, given the issues he had with his calf, that bloody finger with a possibly missing fingernail might have been a thing to most people, but to Joe, that's just merely a little scratch. You banged up that finger. Everything okay? Yeah, just a little scratch. That's football, baby. What is it that you can do, Joe, now that you could not do at the start of the season? Yeah, run. Run. But, you know, we're feeling great. We're just going to keep getting better every week. The practice has been big for us. We've had a great couple weeks of practice starting with the bye week. We're just going to keep getting better. Joe Cool. It's just football, baby. Hey, H.O., what can you do now that you couldn't do earlier? Uh, run. Run. Run, throw. Run, run. When this guy says that they just keep getting better, I believe it. Because that's all they've done so far this season. Just keep getting better every single week. We know they don't always start quickly. But you were led to believe that because of the calf injury, maybe this was the one year that they didn't bounce back. Maybe this was the one year they didn't get back on track. <clears throat> They're just fine. They're just fine. They are getting better every single week. They're getting healthier. In terms of them getting better every single week, that is definitely not something that I can say about the Bills. Yo, Mafia, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but now would be an excellent time to panic because your Bills are fading almost as fast as the Bengals are coming on. I've been asking the same question over and over and over again this year. I'm still asking it. Who and what are the Bills? Well, right now, what the Bills are. In answer to that question, what are the Bills? What they are right now is not a playoff team. Right now, what the Bills are is trailing the Jets in the AFC. What the Bills are right now is jacked up physically, out of alignment, and really not a threat to anybody other than themselves. I know better than to assume anything about anyone or anything in this league. However, I thought that I was pretty safe in assuming that when the season started, the Bills would not be 5-4 and four through nine games. Speaking of wannabes, never-wars, and pretenders, though I'll have you believe that they're actual contenders... 
right, you know where I'm going with this. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Way to cowboy, Cowboys. Way to cowboy up. Seriously, is there anyone anywhere that is surprised how that game ended in Philly yesterday? The Cowboys butchering that final sequence and refusing to accept a game that the Eagles did their damnedest to give them is the most Cowboy thing ever. The most Mike McCarthy thing ever. And yes, even the most Dak Prescott thing ever. Dak was balling. He was. Until it mattered most. And then he reverted back to whack. Whack Prescott. That's whack. Only the freaking Cowboys could butcher a game that important, that badly in the end. And make no mistake, Philly looked like they were trying to give that game to Dallas. Like they wanted to give that game to Dallas. A.J. Brown damn near put DeAndre Swift into the concussion protocol on one of the most important plays of the entire game. Hey, you want to talk about some friendly fire? That. But, of course, the Cowboys could not get on that gift-wrapped fumble. And, of course, the Cowboys could not take advantage on the next possession either, even though the Eagles did everything in their power to give them that game. And I mean over and over and over again. Not just one thing. I mean over and over again. And, of course, the Cowboys refused to accept the biggest gift ever. As much as I hate to do it, because I really like this guy, but his off-the-field game has a long way to go to catch up to his on-field game. And I'm not talking about him this way because he called me a sissy. This is the Micah, challenge, not the sissy challenge. That guy, that guy calling me a sissy will never not be funny. I'm not saying what I'm about to say because he called me a sissy. Him calling me a sissy on my own program will never not be funny. I'm talking about Micah Parsons spitting garbage like this after the game. There's not too many happens where you get two touchdowns called back in the fourth quarter. Um, where, you know, I just feel like it, it just rolled their way tonight and got to live with it. Oh, Dak's a freaking warrior. There's multiple times I was like, that's Dak mother Prescott, bro. Like, he's a dog. He a warrior. Um, it was, I got unbelievable amount of confidence in him. I thought he had a great game. Um, you know, I think people need to put more respect on him. He outplayed everyone today. He outplayed everyone today. We got to put more respect on him? Yeah, dude, he actually did ball out. I said it myself. He did outplay most everybody right up until the time when it mattered most. Right up until the time when it was time to finish. Rip the gift and the dub and get your entire season back on track. That was such a big game for the Cowboys. We talked about it last week. It was right there for the taking because Philadelphia tried to give it to them. And neither Wack nor McCarthy, nor anybody with a star on the side of their helmet seemed to want that game, even though Philadelphia gift-wrapped it nicely and put it right under a tree for them. Miraculously, the Cowboys, with the help of the Eagles, had it on the six-yard line with 27 seconds left. And then what did they do? What was the sequence? I know you didn't miss it, but in case you did, I'll tell you what they did. From the six-yard line, they went false start, a sack, 
a sack that Wack absolutely cannot take, a rushed incomplete pass, a delay of game, and then a pass that came up short of the goal line. In other words, exactly what you'd expect from the Cowboys. That's Dak Prescott. Bro. Yeah, yeah, that that that's no, no. If you want to call me a mfing sissy, you go right ahead, Micah. But I don't want to hear that about Dak right now. Why are you saying that about him? It was right there for him to win that game, for all of you to win that game. So I don't want to hear about how the ball is not bouncing their way because the ball never bounces their way, not in big games, not in games that matter for Dallas. And that's not the football gods, all right? That's not about the ball taking a funny bounce. That's not about the football gods. That's 100% the Dallas Cowboys. I said it right here last week. If the Cowboys want to be taken seriously, they have to beat the Eagles. This is the ultimate put up or shut the hell up. If not now, then when? I mean, I felt so strongly about that. I even bet them. I bet them with money, real money, only to see them take yet another collective enormous dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. The biggest dump in their pants ever. I went, why not just play the game with adult diapers? And the game was right there for the taking. And Dallas showed once again that they're not actually legit. They aren't actually for real. We all know they love to talk. They just don't love to back it up. Hey, Cowboys. Hey, alleged America's team. You aren't even the most exciting team in your own state anymore. You're not. Wack Prescott isn't even the most exciting quarterback in Texas anymore. He's not. Because C.J. Stroud has arrived. I was already saying last week that everybody, you want to put some damn respect on somebody's name. Not on Dak. Put it on C.J. Put some respect on him, put some respect on the Texans, and give them some damn credit, for real. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Now, nobody can ignore these dudes anymore. Nobody can ignore C.J. Stroud after he set the rookie record for passing and leading an absurd drive down the field in the final 46 seconds to somehow rip a massive dub right out of Baker Mayfield's hands. C.J. Stroud doesn't just have obvious talent. He's also proving to be ice cold. Ice. It's not me. This is confirmed after the game by star safety Jalen Petrie. 
It's hard to, you know, put that into words. Like, that's that's not even coachable. Like, that's just like, they had said something about he did like a veggie meter, like where they check how much um, veggies is in your, like, your bloodstream, and they found all ice. <laughs> like, he, he really liked that. Like, for real, he really liked that. No vegetables, straight cold. Like, he cold-blooded, ready for the moment, bro. He, 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 he tough, though. Yo, bro, like, I love your game. I love your rap, even though I have no idea what the hell that meant. They checked this dude's bloodstream for veggies, and they found ice, all ice. What? When did we start checking people's bloodstream for veggies? Anyway, I have no idea what the hell that means. Yeah, like a veggie meter. A veggie like meter. Where they check how much um, veggies. Is I, I gotta get like me one of those. A veggie meter. I need ice. a veggie meter, because I got a feeling I don't have enough veggies in my system. Can somebody tell me? Can somebody point me to a veggie meter? Anyway, I've got no idea what that means. I just really like it. I really like it. And right about now, how stupid does that individual who leaked his test scores look right about now? And how much is Carolina regretting not taking this guy right about now? Maybe they should have broke out the veggie meter when they had him in. Yeah, like a veggie meter? I'd like a veggie meter. That'd be cool. Hey, listen, I'm not going to say that I knew that this dude would be this dominant this quickly. I'm not going to say that. But I will reiterate what I said about him previously. I love C.J. Stroud in college. And then I loved him even more when I sat with him on Radio Row on this show. And we had a chance to chop it up a little bit. You could see right then and there, he had this crazy it. You could see right then and there. If, if you didn't know it already by watching him in college, all you had to do was sit with this guy for five minutes. And you could tell he was a freaking winner. And I didn't even have a veggie meter. You just knew, you know it when you see it, and this dude was swimming in it. And it's not like he's going to be great. He's already great. He's already great. Should have hooked him up, man. When, when CJ, and he was like, he was so agreeable. I should have just said, hey, man, do you mind? Can you roll up your sleeve? Why, dude? Are you going to shoot me up? No, dude, we just want to check you for veggies. Yeah, like a veggie meter? I got a veggie meter that I use on all young athletes. It just kind of roll your sleeve up there, dude. Wow, dude. Yeah, all right, Rome, I'll do that for you. CJ, bro, this is really unusual. I've done a million of these veggie meter samples. Yeah, like a You are the meter. first one to ever test with nothing but ice. And they found all ice. Dude, this is weird. Normally, there's at oh, least trace broccoli. Normally, there's trace broccoli and a smattering of cauliflower. You're all ice, dude. And they found all ice. All ice. Is somehow that dude going crazy on the Bucks and pulling out a wild game-winning drive in the final minute wasn't even the craziest thing that happened yesterday. So I've got a lot more to get to. I can't get to all of it in the open, but the whip around is lengthy because it was a wild Sunday. A wild, wild Sunday. So many great things happened. Like, bro, CJ, my advice to you. I would tell you to mix in 
some carrots. In fact, any vegetables that have any bright colors are the best way to go. The brightly colored veggies are the best veggies. And I would tell you to mix them in, but why? Why? My best advice to you? Don't eat carrots. My best advice to you, don't eat broccoli. My best advice to you? My best advice to you, never go near asparagus. My best advice to you, never eat a vegetable. Hey, Rome. My best advice to you? Did you just try to sneak in a Brussels sprout onto my plate? No, dude. You don't need them. And they found all ice. And they found all ice. This dude is so good. He is so good. 1-800-636-8686. Let me check out some reaction quickly. The nut is in first. I didn't realize that Nick Casario's Jungle Karma would include Stroud throwing for 470 yards, five touchdowns, and running back, and a running back kicking a field goal. You know, now you do, Nut. And had you asked me, I would have told you so. You see, Nut, even though you've been on this show chronicling every single word and every single thing that I've done for the past 25 years, you still learn something new almost every single day, right? Love the Texans. I don't know what I like better. The fact that when they hooked him up to the veggie meter, that Stroud had nothing but ice, or the fact that they ran a running back out there to kick a field goal. And my man looked like Justin Tucker. Can in SA. Rome, damn it. I showed up to work an hour early today. I forgot to set my clock back an hour. At least no one was surprised because I am horrible at clock management. Signed, Fat Mike McCarthy. Fat? Call timeout, Mike. The surprise is not that it happens. The surprise is that it doesn't happen. But it always does. Of course that game ended like that. Of course they butchered that final drive. What did you expect? Romeo. Nice catch there, stud. Great grab, my guy. Good hands, champ. Signed Josh Dobbs to his receivers who he didn't know the names of. Signed V in the fee. War Josh Dobbs leading the Vikings to the playoffs. It would be an amazing story. It would be an incredible story. I could just insert my entire Brett Favre take back in the day and just use that. Hey, yo, what up, Chief? What up, Home Slice? Yo, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, my guy. What up? Hey, Chief. It, it would be amazing. They were left for dead, and they just keep winning. This dude did not get a single rep this week. Not one rep in practice. And then he walks into the game ice cold without knowing any of the guys blocking in front of him, without knowing any of the guys he was throwing the ball to, like seemingly, and still got it done. And then this guy. Hey, Rome, did you catch Ursay getting funky with it in the Colts locker room after the game like they just won the Super Bowl? A 105-year-old owner getting loose with it after beating a 1-7 Panthers team. Love to see it. Love to <laughs> Love see to it. See it. Eric and Love Eli. to see it. All right, a couple of things. Number one, he's not 105. He's 64, I think. But yes, I did love to see it. It was one of the highlights of the weekend. You know how good that was? That's how good of a weekend it was in the NFL. I haven't even gotten to it yet. And that was one of the best things of the entire weekend. My man getting down in the locker room. 
and something else I didn't get to. The Raiders? You checked the Raiders? What was more incredible? Old man Ursay getting down the way he did after beating the 1-7 Panthers or the Raiders getting down the way they did after beating the Giants, who might be worse than the Panthers. And I see him working. I understand that there were issues between the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Frankly, I had no idea how much they hated that guy. For them to show up and play the way they did, and granted, the Giants are garbage. They are. But the Raiders... Not only did they have a a totally new lease on life, that looked like a different team altogether. They looked like they were playing a different sport altogether. I cannot believe the way they showed up, even if it only was the Giants. So for them to be smoking victory cigars like they had won the Super Bowl, that tells you how miserable every last one of them was under Josh McDaniels. And it pains me to say so because you know I like Josh. But it's very clear how much they hated his guts. Even Raider fan, even Raider fan who was up in Raider owner's face for months F-bombing him. We're like, hey, easy Raider player. Take it easy on Josh. It wasn't that bad. These guys, that guy, all these guys who were like, F McDaniels. In Davis's face. They were all like, hey, Max, easy. Josh wasn't that bad. Apparently he was. And Antonio Pierce apparently is that good. That was incredible. Raider fan, you can go ahead and get your ass up in here today and talk about that. I don't even care that it was only the Giants. Oh, and speaking of the Giants, how did Brian Dayball go from the toast of the town to Ray Hanley overnight. And how about Danny Nichols, man? What a bad break. Shreds his knee. I wonder if that's the last we will see with him. I mean, even with that contract, I wonder if that's the last we see of him with the Giants. This guy had no choice. I mean, I want to say he had no choice but to be a more mobile quarterback and take more chances, but that's not what that was. And one last one. Hey, Rome, that's funny. When they ran the veggie meter on me, they found all caramel. Jungle caramel. Jungle caramel. Signed Charlie and Lawrence. Jake in NYC. Some of you will do anything you can to reset that. Yeah, like a veggie meter? As much as you can. What do you know? They got meters for everything. They hooked C.J. Stroud up to the veggie meter. They hooked Chuck up to the caramel meter. Yeah, like a veggie meter. There's a meter for everything. All right, like I said, I couldn't get it all in on the whip around because that's how good of a weekend it was. 1-800-636-8686. Right now, I'm going to hook myself up to the old trapper meter, the beef jerky meter. I've got Old Trapper coming out my veins. Hey there, let me talk to you for a minute about HelloFresh. 
HelloFresh is where you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your front door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Listen, a crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there is always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. And with so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every single bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness that you can taste. Given my schedule, I absolutely love HelloFresh. I love how fresh it is, I love the options it gives me, and I know that I'm eating well, and it tastes incredible. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome and use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome, use that code 50Rome and get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is awesome. In fact, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. We are joined via Zoom by Jeffrey Chidiha. Jeffrey, what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How you doing, Jim? Good, good, man. Thanks so much for doing it. It is incredible how fast the NFL season is rolling by. So now that we're about halfway through it, would you say it's essentially what you expected, or if not, what surprises you the most? It's been crazy. I mean, that's what I've taken away from this whole season. And to me, it's like you look about, you look at this past weekend, you're watching five or six backup quarterbacks play. You're watching Josh Dobbs, um, you know, play for the Minnesota Vikings and win the game after starting against Arizona. You're seeing uh, teams go up and down every week. Defense has taken over. For me, it's just been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride, but it's been fun because it's not one dominant team. You know, everybody has a chance and, and uh, to me, it's just been a crazy year. Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. You know, it's that point that you just made. I was going to ask you. It seems to me there's a handful of very good teams, but is there that one great team? Has anybody separated themselves from the pack in your mind? Well, Baltimore certainly has become a better team as the weeks have gone on. You look at what they did against Detroit, what they did against Seattle. Um, they've certainly established themselves. Cincinnati has really caught fire here. I thought that would happen after Joe Burrow was done with that, that, that calf injury for, for the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, San Francisco was falling back from the pack, but I think they will be back in the mix. Philadelphia has been strong. You know, you just, just, there's so many teams I look at, and, and obviously the Chiefs are in there as well, but there's so many teams that I look at and I say seven and two, six and three, five and four, it doesn't really matter. If you've got a really good quarterback and a really good defense, uh, you're gonna be in pretty good shape come December. Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. Well, what about the Bills? Like, they've got a really good quarterback. We know that. They've got a busted-up defense. We also know that. They dropped to 5-4. and four. Like, yeah. do injuries fully explain the trouble they're having, or is there a larger or bigger picture to explain what's happened in Buffalo so far this year? Well, part of it's injuries. You lose a Matt Milano. You lose a Trey Davis White. That's going to be a problem for you. You um, obviously Von Miller has not come back into the fold, so that's a big issue for them. Uh, and they haven't figured out a way for for Josh Allen to be consistent. I mean, he's had good games, he's had rough stretches, he's had great, 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 great stretches of brilliance when he was an MVP candidate a few weeks ago. And so, I think they're still going to be in the mix. They're too talented, they're too experienced, they're too well coached 
to not be a factor in this come December and January. But right now it's starting to get a bit alarming because they haven't been able to beat good teams and they're offensively, they're having issues. And defensively, you can forget about it now. I mean, they're going to have to outscore people the rest of the year to win games. We're talking to Jeffrey Jadija. Jeffrey, you mentioned the Eagles. So where do you come on Philadelphia? Philadelphia moves to 8-1 after doing their very best to give that game to the Cowboys, only to have the Cowboys refuse multiple gifts from the Eagles on that final drive. How does Philadelphia look to you at 8-1? Pretty good. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're 8-1, the way this year has gone, you've done some pretty good things. And I know that people are saying Jalen Hurts is not as dynamic as he's was last season and the offense isn't as consistent and the defense certainly has had some issues on the back end. But when you look at eight and one, you look at their numbers offensively, Brian Johnson's done a great job of filling in for Shane Steichen who took off to go take that Colts head coaching job. DeAndre Swift has been a revelation coming in there. He stayed healthy, helping their run game going. And A.J. Brown has, has become a, an MVP candidate with the way he's played. And so they still have all the ingredients you want to have in a team that can win championships when you're talking about the offensive line being strong, the defensive line being strong. Uh, the real question here is, can Jalen Hurts stay healthy uh, throughout the whole year? Because every week it seems like he's looking slower and more beat up, and it's a good time for them to get that by. Yeah, to that point, though, Jeffrey Jadiha joining us. To that point, what impresses you the most about Jalen Hurts? I mean, is it his talent and skill set, or maybe is it that toughness and those intangibles that he brings to it? I think it's the intangibles. And, you know, I met him last year when he was – just starting to make a name for himself or to make that turn to be an MVP candidate. And what I loved about him was that everybody talked about his work ethic, how much time he was spending in the building and how, how focused he was. And I said it last year, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady as far as career wise, but in terms of where he's at in his career and his approach to his craft, he reminded me a lot of Tom Brady because Tom Brady was a guy who people thought couldn't do it. Couldn't be a franchise quarterback. Couldn't be somebody you could depend on. And he worked himself into being a great player. And that's what Jalen Hurts does every week. And what, what I love about him is that no matter what happens to him, and you saw it with that knee injury uh, in that game yesterday where he got banged up and he came back and that right after halftime he throws a touchdown pass. It's just he's a kind of guy who when things get hard, he gets better. And so that, to me, is his greatest strength. Right. Everything good is on the other side of hard. Jeffrey Chidiha is joining us. So, Jeffrey, where does that loss leave Dallas other than three games back in the NFC East? I mean, if not now, then when with the boys? What are your thoughts on them? Well, I feel like they're right there. I'm encouraged by the way Dak Prescott has played. You look at his numbers the last three weeks, he's been phenomenal. And I know people have to beat up, up, beat up on him when he's not playing well, but he's done his part. They found a way to get C.D. Lamb more involved in this offense. They made him, a, you know, obviously a bigger target. And he's put up numbers. I feel like they have to get Tony Pollard back into the mix. You know, he's, he's a guy who's quietly, you know, banished from this offense. In the first few weeks of the season, he was leading the league in touches. And now the last five weeks, he hadn't rushed for more than 50 yards. He hadn't scored a touchdown since week one. And so he's a big part of what they did last year. I'd love to see him get, see him get going. And that defense has got to step up. I mean, Micah Parsons didn't have the big play he usually has in, in, in these kind of games, and that's got to happen more. Demarcus Lawrence, they're right there. It's just that Philadelphia is just, just a better team right now. See, the problem is, though, they're almost always right there until when they need to step up. They never do, right? Like, are you at, at all surprised with how that game ended? I mean, the surprise would have been if that game didn't go that way in the end, right? Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, if you look at the Niners when they play them, it's the same thing. You look at the Eagles, they seem to they seem to struggle in those moments. And I can't really look. It's 
I'm a big Mike McCarthy fan. I've known Mike a long time, so I think he gets too much criticism. But there were some moments in that game yesterday where I thought, man, it'd be nice to be able to pull out a great play here, get your team calmed down. Uh, I still think the way the NFC is shaping up, that they have a shot because it's really them. It's Philadelphia. It's Detroit. And San Francisco once they get going again. But you look at all those teams – Dallas can beat them. It's just a matter of are they playing at their best. When they're playing their A game, they look as good as anybody in the league. Uh, when they're going through their ups and downs, they are they are pretty vulnerable. Jeffrey Chidiha is joining us. All right, so what about the AFC before you go? Obviously, you've got the Chiefs, and maybe offensively they're not as dominant as they've been, but they beat they did enough to beat Miami. It doesn't seem to matter what continent Jeffrey Miami plays on. They can't seem to beat a quality opponent this year. They're now 0-3 against yeah. teams with winning records this season. Is there any reason to believe that that's going to change come playoff time? I don't see it right now. I mean, you... The upside is that Jalen Ramsey will play more games. They'll get their defense more whole. I like the way their defense played yesterday with Ramsey and Howard back and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Shepard creating pressure. That's what they want. Big fans, you'll call on their defense. But, yeah, you can't have three games against contending teams go the way they went and not wonder what this team is really made of. And that comes back to Mike McDaniel trying to find uh, the right buttons to push. It comes back to Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle making those plays. I suspect when they get Devon Achan back in the mix, that running back who was going crazy in the first four or five weeks and was averaging like 12 yards carry, things may turn for them. But you talk about Kansas City, you talk about the Bengals, you talk about the Bills, you talk about the Ravens, you talk about all these teams that are really good and really experienced when it comes to playoffs. It's going to be tough to beat them unless they can raise their level of play more than they have against really good teams. Yeah, I would say a few weeks back, I would have said that I think I can make an argument. I think I can make an argument that Miami's in that class, but I can't make that argument now. Jeffrey, you know Kansas City (laughs) as well as anybody. Let me ask you this. The defense, the defense has been lights out. They had another huge game against Miami. Could you argue that the Chiefs' defense is every bit as productive as their offense is right now? I think it's better. <laughs> I think right. it's, it's better than the offense right now. And and you look at what Steve Spagnuolo's dialed up week in and week out. I thought the Miami game was going to really be the proof in the pudding, and, and, and it was. They really shut down Tyreek Hill. They had, I think, the Dolphins had less than 300 yards of offense. Only scored 14 points. They got up to Tua pretty well. But this defense, you could argue, it's probably won them three games this year. They won them. They won the game last last uh, on Sunday with the, the big fumble return for a touchdown. They won it against Denver a few weeks ago when uh, the offense only scored 19 points, and they won it against Jacksonville when the offense only scored 17 points. So there are legit concerns about the Chiefs' offense, and I still think what makes them special is their offense. It's Patrick Mahomes and big plays and all that stuff, which they're not getting. But when you can play defense the way they're playing, it makes things a lot easier when you're having those rough times on offense. We are talking to Jeffrey Chidiha for another moment or two. Jeffrey, so Washington beats New England – I could argue that the Pats are the worst team in the AFC right now. Like, I I can't even believe I just said that. But I could argue that they are the worst team in the AFC right now. So, again, how is this going to play out? Like, we find out that Bill Belichick's got a new contract. Do you really think that Bob Kraft is going to sit by idly and wait for him to get Don Shula's record if they continue to play as poorly as they are? How do you think that's going to play out? I think it's going to be very interesting because they want that record. Um, they want that record to happen in their house. They want Bill, Bar- Bill Belichick to get it. 
But it's probably going to take him like six years to get it. Right. <laughs> the way it's going right now, right. It's just, you can't imagine this team. <laughs> and he's like twenty wins away. It's going to take forever to get it. He may he may pass away before he gets a shot at it. But you know, it, 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 this really is a perfect example of a team that has allowed one man and a great man, a great coach, greatest coach in NFL history to kill himself as a general manager. He needs somebody in there to oversee what's happening, to be a consultant, to, to get him better personnel. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep holding on to Mac Jones as an option as, as a franchise quarterback. You look at what they have on offense, that's scary at all. You know, Al Davis told me this a long time ago when I started coach, covering the NFL, that most coaches have about 10 years in them, and then you got to replace them because they get stale, their ideas get old, they people tune them out. He's had 20-plus years in the same spot. And at some point, no matter how great you are, time catches up to, catches up to you. Hey, Jeffrey, to that point, before you go, since you brought that up, what was it like as a young reporter on the way up covering and dealing with <laughs> Al Davis? Do you have any great Al Davis stories oh, you can man. share? Oh, I can probably think of a few of them right now. I remember... God, I remember he, he almost got into a fight with an ex-player in a locker room once. I remember walking the field with him. But I tell you what, my first year covering a team, this is my first – I was 24, 25-year-old kid. And my first year there, John Fox was a defensive coordinator. He left after the second exhibition game, just, just disappeared. Anthony Smith was a starting defensive end. He quit after the fourth game of the season. By the 12th game of the season, Tim Brown was threatening to call plays because he wasn't happy with the offense. And in the middle of it all is Al Davis just, you know, in every press box, banging his ring, glaring at people. It was uh, it was like, God, it was like covering a circus, man. It was just like you you went into this place and, you know, it was uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. But it, to me, it was also enlightening and educational and fun and he was, as much as people talk about him and the things he did that were weird, he was a brilliant mind and, and, a, and a, an interesting guy to be around. He always made it intriguing to do that job. That's such good stuff. One quick thought. What do you make, Jeffrey? And I appreciate your time. Sorry to keep you, but I got to ask you. The Raiders, yeah. man, I understand. I understand that there was some resentment. Mm -hmm. I understand that there might have been deep resentment to Josh McDaniels. I always liked Josh, personally. I had no idea how much they hated this guy. What do you make of the way they turned that thing around? Even though it's just the Giants. Only the Giants. Dude, the entire vibe yeah. flipped in only a period of a couple of days. You've covered this league a long, long time. What do you make of what you saw from them and the reaction after that game? I haven't seen that much celebration since I watched The Wizard of Oz and The Wicked Witch Got Killed and the jubilation <laughs> just blew up. Remember that? Right. right. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Guys, guys coaching in the guys coaching, celebrating, smoking the stogies in the locker room. It's uh, it was nuts, man. But it, it to me, it was it said a lot about where they were at, what they've um been dealing with, and that Josh McDaniels didn't learn some lessons from some important lessons from his time in Denver, and that. You know, and Mark Davis got to a point where he couldn't take it anymore. You know, when you fire a coach at whatever, one o'clock in the morning, that, that almost speaks to a long flight back and maybe a few too many Chablis. And you're kind of like, all right, I can't take any more of this. I got to get this guy out of here and start all over again. But to his credit, they made they realized this wasn't going anywhere. And when you look at the AFC West with Kansas City and, you know, the Chargers have, still have great talent. And you talk about what could happen with the Raiders they got to get things figured out in a hurry because the Broncos at least have Sean Payton there who's got a track record. Um, like I guess the Chargers have talent. 
and the Chiefs have the best coach and quarterback in the league. So it's if you're the Raiders, it's time to get some urgency, and I'm glad to see Mark Davis make that move. Not only that, but this is not the richest owner in the league. Far from it. So for him to be on the hook for that amount of money and no. still and still oh. make that deal tells you a lot about where they were at. Jeffrey Chidiha is an NFL Network reporter. He is an NFL.com senior columnist. He hosts multiple podcasts and then showing up like he always does in a big way. Jeffrey, appreciate you, man. That was so much fun as always. Thanks so much. U.S. Cellular knows how important your kid's relationship with technology is, and they have made it their mission to help them establish good digital habits early on. That's why they have partnered with Screen Sanity, a nonprofit dedicated to helping kids navigate the digital landscape. And for a smarter start to the school year, U.S. Cellular is also offering a free basic phone on new eligible lines, providing an alternative to a smartphone for kids. Start smarter with U.S. Cellular. Visit uscellular.com slash built for us to find out more. Restrictions to apply. Visit uscellular.com for terms. So Stroud going off the way he did was one of the most amazing things that happened over the weekend, obviously. Except Joshua freaking Dobbs might be the craziest thing of all. Once again, this dude, he didn't just win in relief five days after being sent from Arizona to Minnesota. He did it without taking a single practice rep this week. I can't be any more clear about that. It's not like they brought him in and said, all right, you run with the first team. You get all the reps. We got to get you up to speed. He didn't throw a single practice pass to any of his receivers. He didn't take a single snap from his new center. The dude didn't even know who he was throwing to or who was blocking for him. He couldn't even put names to faces as he looked around his own huddle. And yet he still manages to lead one of the grittier comebacks you're ever going to see. And of course, my guy, jungle legend, Paul Allen was all about it. Jackson in motion to the right. 11th play of a 69-yard possession. Dobbs back to pass on third down. He stays in the pocket. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Brandon Powell, the former Falcon, has beaten with a six-yard touchdown pass from Josh Dobbs. 30-28 Minnesota with 20 seconds to go. Find me a better play-by-play voice in the NFL than Paul Allen. I'm not sure you can. I don't think you can. Find me a better story than Dobbs. How about the Vikings? Find me a better story than the Vikings. The Vikings all of a sudden are 5-4? and four? How about the Vikings running off four dubs in a row? How about the Vikings suddenly occupying that number seven seed in the NFC? This is not just a feel-good story. Josh Dobbs is now in an actual playoff race. So he's probably going to want to learn not only the playbook, but some of the names of the guys that he's running with. Man, that win had to feel amazing. That had to feel so great for Vikings fan. But it actually was not the Vikings who pulled off the biggest feel-good win of the day. You don't believe me? Go to the nation. The Raider Nation. Find any Raider fan. Find any Raider player. Find any Raider employee. And ask them how it felt to beat the hell out of the Giants. And it doesn't matter that it's the Giants. It really doesn't. Given what was going on prior to that, ask them how it felt. Did you not see the way they were acting after they won that game? Cigars everywhere. 
energy through the roof, smiles on everybody's faces. It might also be worth asking them exactly what they were so happy about, though. I mean, it was the Giants. I mean, were those celebratory cigars in that locker room? Was that because they beat the Giants? Or was it because they no longer have to deal with Josh McDaniels? Let me repeat that question. The celebratory cigars, was it because they beat the Giants? Or was it because they no longer have to deal with Josh McDaniels? As always, the answer definitely seems like yes. A postgame celebration said everything. I don't think we need that report detailing how brutal that player's meeting was and the fact that it broke Josh McDaniels. But that report was something else. According to that report, players unloaded on Josh, his own coaches unloaded on Josh, and then Josh apparently had Antonio Pierce stand up to speak on his behalf, and then Josh wound up getting offended by something Pierce said about the Patriots. Then Josh was out the job, and Antonio Pierce is the 1-0 head coach of the Raiders. I mean, the whole thing is all pretty wild, right? And again, I want to know how the hell Brian Dayball went from NFL Coach of the Year to Ray Hanley almost overnight. I know the Giants have had a lot of terrible looks so far this year. Yesterday was another one. Yesterday may have also been the end of the Danny turnovers era in New York which is why it was always an enormous risk chipping this guy off 160 mil. They're bad. Maybe not New England Patriots bad, but they are bad. Back to square one. And as it is with every single Monday, I'm all about the positive vibes. So if we're going to start this week off the right way, on a positive note, why don't we go straight to Raider head coach, interim coach, but head coach, nonetheless, Antonio Pierce, and check his vibe right after the game. You've won some big games. You are a Super Bowl champion. But I'm asking this question to seven-year-old Antonio from Compton, California, who told me his whole life was Kings and Raiders football. How does this win differ from everything else? Best one. Raiders! There you go. And if that celebration was not strong enough, how about Colts owner Jim Ursay getting down as only Jim Ursay can after they beat the one and seven Panthers? If you're watching this on CBS Sports Network, it's incredible. There he is. Holding on, or TV, I should say. If you're watching it on TV, he's holding on for dear life to somebody off to the side. Just, just grabbing. It's Shane Steichen, right? He's got his hand. He's getting down. He's getting lower. Look at the old guy get down. Look at him get after it. Absolutely incredible. I'm shocked that he got back up. The way he got down that low and was able to get back up on his own without the jaws of life. That was incredible. Nothing like celebrating the win while the owner is latching onto the head coach's finger for dear life. The video is amazing. Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to My see man, it. My man, you are celebrating awfully hard 
after a win over a one-win team. But he's feeling it. Raiders are feeling it. Ursay was feeling it. Dobbs, even though he has no idea who he's playing with, was feeling it. And then he got the other side. Who and what are the Bills? Still do not have an answer to that. And one thing we haven't talked about, the other major, major matchup, KC and Miami. I will get into that with Jeffrey Chidiha. All right, so there's hour number one. The second hour is going to have Jeffrey Chidiha to start. The big head. James Kelly and I talk about the Monday night matchup. Chargers, Jets. Who you got? I have to check the latest line because that's been moving a little bit. Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith has done an amazing job. Oregon State, one of those teams that is without a conference, yet they keep winning. They're up to number 12 in the national rankings. And I am looking for an ATP, ask the pros. So it's a really busy Monday. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. Find me on the X at Jim Rome. This guy's in Ken. Hey, Rome, they tested me for veggies, and all they found was ice. Signed, Ted Williams. And they found all ice. Let's go to L.A. Matt in L.A. What's up, Matt? Fan smack from the Compton Swap Meet to the Crystal Park Casino, from Jackie Robinson Stadium to Centennial High School, you're welcome. And Compton native Antonio Pierce, or I like to like the way I like to call him, Tone Capone Pierce, showed up big yesterday. And yeah, you're right, Vance Mac. It took some serious gonad for that pumpkin haircutted freak to drop McDaniels, but it was the right move. I called in last week. I was pretty somber, but after the first quarter yesterday, I knew this was the Raiders' destiny, and that is Antonio Pierce being given the reins. I mean, they just, like you were saying, man, sparking up blunts in the post-game, just coming off, you know, Devontae Adams with that rant late in the week last week. It was like a weight had been lifted from Vegas and New England West was finally exploded into the Death Star. I mean, first off, Raider fans, we were kind of mixed emotion when Joshy Mack and Ziegler Zeke got on board anyway because we were born and bred to hate the Patriots even though Tom Brady, a.k.a. Kevin Bacon, is part of the front office now. It just wasn't going to be kosher. We had to do it. Mark Davis channeled his inner Al Davis finally, even down to the white sweatsuit walking in. Romy, it was a beautiful day. I'm not saying that we're going to the playoffs, but the ship was right, and actually the intensity was there. The game planning looked good, so we just got to keep it going, man. Raider Nation for life, you know that. War James hardened arteries trying to draw up some plays tonight on a pizza box. War my man, Corey Seager being the World Series MVP, and hopefully Mookie Betts gets his head out of his ass and out of the bowling alley and finally gets into some postseason baseball mindset. That's all I got for you, Jimmy. 
outro. Go ahead and rack him. Matt in L.A. Rack Raider him. Nation. What's going on, Raider Nation? Hey, Big Head, where do you come out on Matt in L.A.? Do you hate the guy? Do you like the guy? Or do you love the guy? I do hate most things. That's accurate. I do love that plumber, though. I think he is incredible. He makes me laugh. <laughs> what is it about the plumber that you Outro. love so much? He's not afraid of people. People come at him all the time, hard. It never phases him. He just keeps coming back with his pumpkin-headed freak takes, always. <laughs> it's always funny, right? It's always funny. It's fun. And he's, he's loyal. He loves his teams, and he just kind of skews everything in the plumber way. That's it. He loves his teams. He loves the show. He loves the hate. He loves the venom. He's not afraid. He never backs down. I'm with you, man. Never I love the guy. Not even from the big dogs, the small dogs, everybody. Matt will take them all on. He's not know, He's here for it all. Yep. He's here for it all. Love I got it. it. All right. So, mm-hmm. listen, I don't know about you, Head, but I personally got worked on mm-hmm. Saturday in the college game, but I bounced back pretty nicely yesterday, and while I did not murder it, nice. overall, I ended up making more money than I lost for the week, so I'll take that every damn nice. time. That's a win, right? How about you? Mm-hmm. How was your Sunday? How was your week? It was a Jimmy Ursay dancing or a Caleb Williams <laughs> getting his Derek Carr on kind of weekend, if you feel me. No in-between. A's or F's. Um, Dak stepping out of bounds, a Saint kicker, missing a shot, <laughs> the fail results. clowns, but then... There was some good stuff, too, so about an even weekend. Two and three on big head bets, but about an even weekend overall. All right, fair enough. So then we have tonight's game, so you can get right. I mm-hmm. like it. You know, I like this game tonight. This is another one of those games. I like the game. I mm-hmm. like the game. I want to watch the game, but it's a tough game to pick, an interesting game to watch. I'm all about it. What is the number? I know it's been moving around a little bit. Where has the number stopped, and what are you doing with tonight's matchup? The Chargers are favored by three and a half points. I'm going bolts and laying the points here. Mm. Um, We have a fun matchup and some real butthole ball happening here in the same game, I see. Um, Fun part first, your neighbor's offense against that Jets D. Everyone makes running the football their first priority against the Jets. Teams run the ball an average of 33.9 times per game. That's the most in the NFL, and it's because, as we know, you don't want to mess with their pass rush and that secondary. They have the highest pressure rate in football, and they do it with their front four normally alone. And the Chargers move the ball best through the air. Herbert won't light it up, but I promise you he won't throw for a negative nine yards like the Giants did. And I think Eckler in the run game and out of the backfield plays a huge role tonight. Now the butthole part of the conversation. It's never a good thing when the jilted Coog Hunter isn't your worst player on offense. And right now he's not for the Jets. His line collectively is... PFF has them as their worst offensive line in football, and they now have four offensive linemen on IR. But, of course, any defense coached by Brandon Staley's um, is on equal footing of Asri, to put it kindly. What the hell are you They're, talking about? What, what did you just try to wedge in there? Well, that line is equal to Brandon The way you double clutched, like, you're like, yeah. okay, hold on. I'm about to say something really brilliant, and you mm-hmm. pause and you wait, and then, wait, what? I wanted to be nice to him, but... No, you didn't. You, you comfort him every yeah. single week, and okay. not in a good way. What? His, his, his defense is assery. They're giving up an NFL-worst 7.8 yards per pass attempt, but— That is assery. I will yeah, give you that. That's not good at all. But this should be a Joey Bosa game, a Joey Khalil, Khalil and Thule game is the way I see it, and I don't see those Jets linemen stopping these guys. Only the refs can, <laughs> and as we know, if they do, Joey's going to let us know afterwards about them refs. 
I mean, if I say something to them, I get a $40,000 fine. But if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to, they're probably back in the locker room after the game, like, I oh, got that. Oh, yeah, got him. 15 yards, what a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're talking like in the back. That That is an iconic and legendary crack back on the ref show. I don't know that it will ever get better than that. One of my favorites ever. Let's say that doesn't happen tonight. The Bolts in the Jets three-game win streak and cover Chargers minus three and a half. All right, so even with the hook, Justin Herbert to me looked great playing with that busted digit on his mm-hmm. non-throwing hand last week. Then again, he could have chopped off his throwing hand, played left-handed, and still beaten the Bears because the Bears are, well, to use one of your words, head That's right. Other than beating the Raiders and getting Josh McDaniels fired, what have Mm. they done for anybody lately? The Jets, obviously, though, a much different animal defensively. Yes, they look like hell for most of the game against the Giants. Yes, they nearly lost a game where they held the opponent to minus yards passing. But you know that defense is going to show up. And incredibly, the Coug Hunter did lead them down the field late when they had to have it. The Chargers are not good against the pass. The Jets do a great job of pressuring the passer. They're getting healthy, especially on the outside defensively. I'll tell you what, the Chargers got to travel across the country, deal with them in prime time. This is one of those games that I'm more hyped to watch than to hit. But it is MNF. So mm-hmm. not hitting, it's not an option. Mm-hmm. Head, I'm going the other way. Ooh, damn. I'm going to take the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets in the points. I like that hook. Jets plus three and a half. All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I win, you lose. It's going to be awesome, Head. S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets is not hard. spell Chargers. Anyways. Hey, can you can you spell Bolts? Never mind Chargers. No. No. All right, no. what else? Do you have anything else? Any other props? Anything else you like? Yeah, I got a prop here. I'm going to go uh, take a shot on my guy, Alvin, get the buzzer ready again. Tuli Tui Palotu. That's my guy. Former USC guy. Close. Okay. Tuli. We'll Close. You're in the yep. same neighborhood. Okay. Same zip code. He's plus 160 for over .25 sacks here. The jilted Coug Hunter is being taken down on average three times per game. Let's hope Tuli can get one and we get paid with a plus six, 160. All right, so run it all back. There's not a lot to run back, but who you got? Chargers minus three and a half, and Thule plus 160 over .25 sacks. Dude, for all the junk you talk about Staley, for you to lay the points and the hook is really out of character for you, Head. I think it's all on the line for him tonight. I'll just put it that way. I think if he loses, this is a huge game. Huge game. They have to win this game. they got to beat the Jets, and if not, Brandon could be in some trouble. I think you're right. I I think they need this. I mean, I know they need this game worse than the Jets need this game. There is a sense of urgency here, but I'm looking at the Jets. I'm looking at the Jets at home. I'm looking at them defensively. I see points. I see value. I see a gift. I'm taking them plus three and a half. you got a hook, too. Got a hook. Love the hook. All right, Head, have a great night. We'll see how it goes. Thanks, Jim. You, Thank you, dude. You're on the opposite side of me on this one. So I'm going to go Jets plus three and a half. The Head is going Chargers minus three and a half. Good night, night.